Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Selective Hearing. I am your host, Julie DeMar, and this week I am here with special guest Leslie Evans. To everyone listening today, we are going to really, really inspire you. This is very stolen, but I love it. So I just borrowed this from Leslie today. And we are specifically, when I say inspire, Leslie is here to inspire all women to be limitless. So please turn up those earphones, turn up your speakers and listen in because today is going to be an amazing conversation. So Leslie, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Julie. Thank you for inviting me. This is wonderful. I'm excited to have this chat with you. I always love to give everyone that comes on the opportunity to kind of just like tell everybody about you and how you got started. So um, if you don't mind sharing your story with the listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, my story starts with that checklist, that checklist of everything that, you know, we think we want in life. I think it's 32 years ago now. I graduated from psychiatric nursing check. I got a job in public health check, married my college sweetheart check bought a house, check. We have three beautiful girls, check. I kept checking off those things, all those things that I thought I really wanted in life. And what happened is I started to lose myself to that checklist. Really, my checklist became more important than how I was feeling or how I was living my life. And so it really, my life revolved around that checklist, making sure my kids were doing well, you know, trying to make sure that my marriage was going okay. I was primary support to my mom making sure my clients were doing okay. And guess what? I lost myself. I lost myself to that checklist. And one day I was having a conversation with my eldest daughter who was 16 at the time. She was having trouble with a boy as you know, often I have girls, so that's my experience, but often girls do. And she had stopped doing the things that she loved, like dancing and singing. And she was doing things she wouldn't normally do to be with that boy. And I gave her the great motherly advice that if they care about you truly, that they'll encourage you to do those things that you love. And they'll encourage you to, to be all the things that you want to be. And they'll not only encourage you, they'll be 100% behind you with that. You know, we ended our conversation and, you know, she felt better and she moved on from that boy. But I had to take a really good look at myself because I was teaching them that they go last. I was teaching them because I was sacrificing myself for everyone that I love or that I cared about. And I put myself last and that's exactly what I was teaching my girls. And that's not what I wanted for them. I want I want my girls to live inspired, passionate uh, lives, doing what they love. And I was showing them that they were to sacrifice that for everyone around them. And so I had a really good chat with myself. <laughs> and uh, set about to make some changes, not just for them, but for me too. And part of that was I moved on from a 21 year marriage. You know, I don't like to put any fault. We were, we both weren't doing very well for each other, never mind for our kids. And so we moved on from that marriage and my kids and I moved out and my mom came with us. She'd been living with me for decades and we started a new life. And you'd think that was the moment that everything kind of changed for me. And it definitely started the process. But I can remember one day, you know, when you get separated and divorced, even when you both agree, it still is really tough. It's really tough. And there were some tough things that we had to go through. And I can remember going home for lunch and I worked in urgent mental health at the time. And I came back to work. I still had three and a quarter hours, my three and a quarter hours to do. And I can't even tell you what came at me at lunch, but it 
it was that straw. It was that straw that broke the camel's back. And I can remember just taking a deep breath and going, all right, I can get through this. I went into work. I did my three and a quarter hours. I saw all my clients. I did good work. And at the end of my shift, I couldn't find my keys. Nowhere. Pockets, purse, drawer, nowhere. And I thought, oh, well, I hope my car's there. I mean, what else? I walked out and not only was it there, but I had left it running the entire time that I was in for three and a half hours, my car had been running in the parking lot. I just remember getting in and I turned it off. For some reason, that seemed like a good idea. I turned it off and I just remember putting my head on the on the steering wheel and thinking, I'm as empty as my car now is. And I had to do something because I wasn't doing any good for anybody. Just being empty and making sure everybody else was doing okay. So I did. I started to set aside time to get to know myself. You see, when we're uh, when we do everything for everyone all the time, we forget what we even like to eat or what we like to wear or what we like to do because we're so busy making sure everybody else is around uh, around us is happy. So I just started to try things, and you know, in the beginning, feels a little selfish when you start to do these things, and so you just take small steps. I just took small steps, got to know what I like to eat. And I'm telling you, my palate has grown immensely since I started this process. Things that I thought I didn't like, I love now. And just started to do things for myself and find out what inspires me and what makes me feel passionate. And part of that was really getting to know the spiritual side of me, the universe, the divinity that I have and growing in that way. And I found mentors and teachers along the way that helped me as well to get there. You see, I'd been a therapist for over 25 years at that point. I figured I was supposed to know these things, but we can all learn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we can all learn, right? And I learned that really it's I, it doesn't have to be either or. It doesn't have to be science or spirituality. In fact, they're one and the same and that they really blend well together so that I can help. Uh, inspire other women. And I know you said to, to live limitless. I want you to give yourself permission to be limitless, right? We hold ourselves back so much for all of those society, you know, what we've generational, all of those things. But once you give yourself permission to be limitless, truly endless possibilities open for you. And when you do that, you also show the next generation that they can do it too. So, I agree. Like the whole time you were talking, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like I had like these one, these words just like flashing across my mind as you were talking, like you would say certain things and one thing like mom guilt would show up. Yeah. When you are a caretaker and a caregiver and you know, you assume all these different roles, you actually take on these positions with the intentions to help everyone. Like you have the best intentions when you're going at this. Not realizing, like you said, that the example that you can be setting, even though those intentions are pure, can be a poor one. And like, I think that's a thing that causes a lot of internal conflict, at least even in my situation, as I was coming out of things, was because my intentions are pure and I want the best for everybody. But I was just missing that key component that that is absolutely fine, Julie. You can want the best for everybody. But what do you want for yourself? And the first time somebody even asked me that question, I didn't even know how to answer it. I literally had one of those, ah, ah, what? Like, who are you? You instantly want to say, well, you know, I'm a writer, producer, and director. 
Who are you, Julie? I'm a mama wife. Who are you, Julie? Huh? What are you saying? <laughs> what are you asking me? Didn't I answer the question? So yeah, like, I don't know. I just, as you were talking, I was like, almost feeling like a release, like, wow, of words though. Like I had a lot of word traffic, like, wow, all these different things. I know exactly what she's talking about. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, the thing is, Julie, is that you're right. It's always good intentions. We really want to give the best to the people that we care about and that we love. And what can happen though, when we give from that place of guilt and responsibility is we can create this, almost this contract where they feel almost beholden to us. And we're not meaning to, we're trying to, you know, do what we think is right, but it almost creates this contract. And so what it created in my girls was a bit of a dependency on me. But when we give from a place of fulfillment, of love, because we're choosing to, not because of guilt or responsibility, but because we are also fulfilled, it creates the ability for the people that we're giving to, to then give to others and shine their light brighter. That's like the biggest thing that I want for my boys. They definitely are like the thing that helps me drive this car because like I literally, when I became a mom was like, yeah, all, I had a checklist of things like that I did not want. Like, oh yeah, I've been through this, been through that. Don't want that for them. And then, oh, there's another thing that happened is I had a checklist of things that I didn't want for them, but I did not know how to not do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of women may experience that as well like okay i know what i want or what i don't want or at least i have a general idea but how do we get this bus started <laughs> and how do we begin to drive it you know and we can go i and i did the same thing i didn't want you know some of the things that happened to me when i was growing up not that i had a terrible childhood or anything but i just didn't want some of those things and when you go in with the focus of i don't want that we tend to create that but maybe in a different form but when we get really super clear on what we want rather than what we don't want then we can start like you said driving the bus in that direction so how how do we come up with that i already know what i don't want but when you focus on that you tend to bring that more Right. So it's switching to what do I want? Well, sometimes it's just the opposite of what you don't want. Right. And so focusing on, okay, if I don't want that, what, what would I rather? And really looking at that and creating what you want not from a space of what you don't want, but from a space of what you really want. Which like that, I feel like is the perfect segue into this mission statement of yours that I love so much. And it's like, oh, she says like her mission is to inspire women to be limitless. When I hear that, I'm like, cause there's just, as long as you have life, like there's just so many possibilities, they're endless. So endless. like, I just, I absolutely love that. It's such a powerful statement. So can you like discuss that with us and even yeah. share some limitations that you've experienced for yourself and with your clients? Absolutely. So I think the important thing in there is that, uh, you know, my mission is truly to empower women to give themselves permission to be limitless because we already are limitless and we are the ones that put the limits on. And when you give yourself permission, it opens up everything because so limits, there's so many ways we put limits on ourselves. And I would say number one is our worthiness. We feel there's this piece of worthiness that we feel attached to how we care for everyone else. And are we worthy to receive the same care as we give to everyone else? 
And I can tell you, yes, you are worthy right here. As you're sitting, you don't have to give more. You don't have to do more. You don't have to be more. You don't have to have more. You are worthy right now, period. Okay, so there's some people that really need to hear this. I'm getting some little goosebumps. And this is a really challenging thing for a lot of women to kind of work into is their own worthiness and deservedness. Because you're right, this mom guilt, this, you know, women guilt, all of this guilt that comes up. But you are worthy right now, even when you you know, yell at your kids when you didn't mean to, or when you um, didn't have a healthy snack, you stopped and didn't have, you know, all of that, you are worthy, you are worthy. And so what I usually recommend to people is just every morning, putting their hand on their heart, closing your eyes and just reminding yourself, I am worthy. I am worthy. I am worthy. And when you do that every day, it helps you remind yourself of your worthiness. The other thing I'll say is sometimes that's really hard to stay in the beginning and to breathe that in. So if you're having a hard time, just remind yourself that Leslie tells you you're worthy. You're worthy. Leslie tells you you're worthy, so you must be worthy. You are worthy right now. You don't have to do anything more. So that's definitely one of the biggest uh, limitations. And you know, this can come down from generations. Like I know a lot of my, uh, my ideas behind, you know, my self-sacrifice was generational. It was passed on down from my mom, from her mom, from generations. Also, there's that society piece that women are supposed to just do everything. We're supposed to work. We're supposed to take care of the kids. We're supposed to do all of this. And that's changing. That is changing because women are standing up and saying, no, that's not the way it's supposed to be. We are not supposed to be the ones that do everything and do it all and forget ourselves. So those are two of the limitations and how do we change those things? The first thing is, like I said, reminding yourself every day, however many times you need to, to breathe that in, I am worthy. And the other thing is just knowing you know, when we're looking at society and the way it's coming down and how we've or how we've learned from generations that we're supposed to be the ones we're just supposed to be is to know that there's people like me, people like you, Julie. There's lots of us out there that are starting to shift the narrative that are reminding us as women that we are just as important as everyone else in our lives and that when we sacrifice we actually are not helping all those people in the way we want to it's when we take care of ourselves and we fulfill our needs and we're passionate that the people that we love actually grow right and, yeah. and i've lived it you know my girls are all adults now my youngest just went off to university they had a tough time when they were first adults doing this all on their own because I had created this, oh, you can just depend on me for anything. And when I started to take care of myself, and of course my youngest had the most benefit from that because she was still here with me. When I started to really take care of myself and put myself as a priority, they saw that and they started to do that for themselves and they started to make more choices for themselves and they fell and they learned and they got up again. I mean, I'm always here, but I'm not doing it all for them anymore. I love how organic the the topic of self-care comes up on this show it comes up every single episode and that's just that little um insurance piece to everyone listening like of how important it is how it's actually like the the main ingredient to all of this because if you're not okay everyone else won't be and like that's the thing you have to remember you know i often compare it to a car 
we're taking a car, we're starting on one coast and we're driving across to the other coast. When it go dips down to empty, we stop and we fill it with gas. We would never expect a car to go all, unless, you know, you've got a really good fuel, but most of them still can't. We fill it up. We don't expect it to go all the way without filling it up. Why? If we, if we don't expect that out of a car, why do we expect that out of ourselves? I've had like days, my kids are young still. <laughs> so I have a two and a half year old and a newly five year old. So, and they're both boys. It's a lot of energy here. I, in the very beginning with my oldest, I literally burnt the candle at both ends. And I mean, like I burnt myself to the ground and I did it fast. And I had also had postpartum depression and didn't even know that's what I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I had this, whoa, moment, like where it was like everything, I just hit rock bottom. I was like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Like literally saying it out loud. I said it when I was pregnant and started, you know, with the list of don'ts. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. The kid's not going to experience this or that. It's not healthy. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to hit. I'm not going to, you know, like I just, you name it. I could write a book about the list that I had of what I <laughs> thought was the, the the guide of how I was going to be as a mom, as a wife, all of these things. And then when it hit me and I like burnt myself to the ground, I literally was like, I'm not okay. Like I found myself like screaming. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And I wasn't. And it was like, okay, you need to talk to somebody and kind of like figure out how to navigate these waters because if you don't, you're going to continue to not be okay. And that's just going to continue to spill over. That's when I first had my like first experience with self-care is okay. It's okay. You got to take care of yourself. And like, I just love, again, I have to reiterate it. I love how much it comes up on this show because we think that if we take that minute for ourselves, or if we take that time away from helping you or doing it for you, because we, I, I found also with me, I, I dressed up help as me actually doing. <laughs> we do these things and we don't realize like how detrimental it is to us. And it's okay. And we're guilty. We feel so guilty about it. Like, just walk away from it for a little bit. It's okay. I say it all the time. It's okay. Leave those dishes in the sink. You don't have to vacuum. Leave the toys on the floor. Everybody can eat Easy Mac or DiGiorno pizza. It's okay. <laughs> it is okay. It is okay. In fact, sometimes that's just exactly what you need to do. And one of the things that I think we kind of think about is, oh, our kids will remember the meals and the, you know, how well the the house was taken care of or blah, blah, blah. You know what they remember? They remember the day that mom left the dishes in the sink, put a DiGiorno in the uh, oven, and you sat in the living room and just ate it together. <laughs> That's what they remember. You know, the other thing that I think we really need to be careful of is when we're trying to be the perfect mom or the perfect wife that we don't want to show our kids that we make mistakes what are we modeling to them do you want your kids to think that they need to be perfect no i want my kids to know life is about making mistakes and learning from them but what i didn't understand and and it's funny when we play board games um and it's not so much now because they see all my things now but i was you know they can't see me cry da 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 you know that i'll I'm always there. I'm always making choices. And they would, mom made a mistake. Mom made a mistake. And it's huge. And like, this shouldn't be this huge. We should just think mistakes are all just part of life. And so when you try to be this perfect person, then in turn, we're also teaching our kids 
that they should be perfect too. And that's not what I want for my kids. I want them to know that they should be who they are. And part of that is making mistakes and learning from them. As I said, they don't remember the the perfect house. The They remember that day that you just said, forget it. We're just sitting down and having pizzas together and spending this time together. That's what they remember. That's what they take with them. So I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about your book, Defunk Yourself, which is something mm-hmm. else. I love the title of that. <laughs> <laughs> For so many reasons. I absolutely love it. So like, let's get into that for a little while. Let's talk about your book. Can you tell us about it? Absolutely. So Defunk Yourself, tips to guide you out of the funk you're in. When COVID came in 2020, I actually had to be off work for vertigo. And I wasn't really contributing in the way that I wanted to, feeling guilty, all of that stuff. Guilty for not being at work. And I just wanted to contribute. And I happened to, when I finally just sat into this acceptance of where things were at at that moment, synchronicities start to happen. And I was connected to a woman, uh, Kelly, who helped me to write my book um, and publish it. And really, for me, Defunct Yourself is just this really easy little book that gives you some tips on just how to move forward, get out of that funk you're in. Often, and and I see it more now than I ever did before, is when people have low mood or some worry, they feel like, oh no, I'm depressed or I'm anxious and feel like they have to do something about it. You know, part of it is life. We do have low low mood times and we do have times where we worry about and there's things that we can do that can help you to move forward um and so this is just tips of what you can do to kind of move yourself forward because that's just is part of life is having times where we were in a bit of a funk and uh, so that's how I contributed during that time when I couldn't work and uh, I mean that's a whole other story when Kelly said to me okay I want you to think about 10 things if somebody was sitting right there in front of you 10 things that you would give them for pieces of advice and it was like oh well that's easy And she's like, okay, you just have the title to 10 of your chapters. The way she said it to me, so there's actually 11 in there. I had 10 plus one. So there's 11 chapters, just little things of what you can do to move yourself out of that funk, uh, to start feeling better, start moving forward. What's your favorite tip? If you could share one with everyone, what would, what's your favorite? Okay, so I don't know if this is my favorite, but this is what's coming up for me right now. So people must need to hear this one. You can change your path at any point. So here's the thing. You can be going down a path you don't love or that you don't like, and it doesn't matter how far you've gone down that path, you can change it at any point. And often we're stopped by feeling like, but I don't know if the next path I'm going to choose is the right one. Here's the thing. Take the step. It's okay. If it's not exactly what you wanted, you can change it again. I love right? that. Yeah. Like we don't have to be stuck here just because we didn't, we're we not sure that the next step is the right one. Take the step. And if it's not, that's okay. We can change it. And then there's no regret because you already know the outcome because you did it. Right. It's like, hey, okay, that's what it looks like. Didn't really like it. Move on. I love that. Yes. I love that. We can change it. We don't have to just because we decided to, you know, I think that about jobs. Oh, I'm not sure if I should leave this job for that job. If you're, you know, if you work and you're like, well, if you don't like that job, find another one. You're not stuck. I was just having this conversation with uh, another gal and she was talking about that. She heard that cold showers were really good for you. And she's like, I don't know that I want to try that. 
I, I'm like against that. I love my hot showers. And the lady said to her, you can turn it off if you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. It's that simple. It's that simple. I, I love that. That reminds me of this. Um, gosh, it was like a few months ago. And I just, I loved it just as much. It was um, one day or two day. It's like, are you going to do it one day? Or are you going to do it two day? And I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause you always hear people say, yeah, when this, this circumstance or that circumstance, or when I have this or that. And like, so then you end up never doing it because there's always that block. It's like, so are you going to do it one day? Or are you going to do it today? You know, I think we often think that this and this and this and this has to be in place before we can take that step, but we push away this and this and this and this, cause we're a little bit afraid to take that step. And so, you know, it's important to take the step yeah. and the rest will fall into place or it won't. But if it doesn't, that's not, you know, that doesn't mean you can't change the direction. I mean, when I went out on my own in business, I'm not doing the exact same thing that I did when I started either. I have grown and I've pivoted as times have changed, as I've changed and as I've learned new things. But, you know, it's taking the steps where we figure out, oh, man, this was exactly what I was supposed to be doing. Or it's like, ah, you know, I think that this is kind of what I wanted, but not fully. But if we don't take that step, we don't know. It makes me just think about like all the things that you talk yourself out of that um, self-talk comes up a lot <laughs> is where I'm going with this on this show. Self-care and yeah. self-talk and how they are two of like the biggest factors <laughs> in our life. Like, and uh, comfort comes up a lot. And the mm -hmm. idea of comfort and how that little safety blanket that we have can right. hold us back sometimes. Oh, I've got the exact the exact thing for you, Julie. So often you hear everything you want is on the other fear, right? I don't know if you've heard that or step over, step out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'm going to tell you. How about we look at this? I don't want to step out of my comfort zone. I want my comfort zone to be bigger. So you don't have to actually step out of your comfort zone. You can start pushing on the walls of it just a little bit at a time. And if you keep pushing just a little bit of those comfort zone walls, next thing you know, you look back and your comfort zone is way bigger than it used to be, but you've done it little steps at a time. And you know, it's kind of like a rubber band. When you stretch a rubber band, you know, if you use a rubber band and you stretch it, when you take it off of that, it never goes back to the same size it was when it began. It's the same thing with your comfort zone. Just keep pushing on those walls a little bit at a time, one step at a time, push it. And next thing you know, your comfort zone is way bigger than it used to be. So you don't have to step out of your comfort zone. You want to make your comfort zone bigger. I'm actually right now, as we speak, doing a, a mindset challenge that I created um, last year. And I relaunched it this year. And it's to kind of um, help people get out of that little safety blanket and take a chance. So it's uh, you like just pick three things that you're most comfortable with and you challenge those three things for the next 30 days. So I was like, like the big example that I used is I love sleeping in. Yeah. So instead of getting up at, and people are probably gonna think this is crazy, but instead of getting up at seven, I get up at six. <laughs> like, but that extra hour shifts everything in my day and it helps me accomplish so much more. And I don't have these moments where I just feel frazzled, like, oh my gosh, did I forget something? Or I got to do this? Or I 
now I don't have time for this because now both kids are home or whatever the case may be. Like, you know how it goes. So I started, that's why I started it last year. So this year I picked it up again. I relaunched it and I was like, okay, I'm going to relaunch it and I'm going to do it with you again. And I'm going to choose three new things and I'm going to challenge those things. So one of the things for everybody listening is screen time. My phone uh-huh. is glued to my hand. So I give myself two hours right now where I can't touch my phone. Ooh, that's a big. Look at it's you. It's huge. Though. It's hard. Okay. <laughs> Day four. <laughs> Good for you. So here's here's what I'm gonna say. Now, in the beginning of two hours is a lot. Because some people that can put them right into anxiety. Start with start with half an hour and then do that for a few days and then add another half hour. And then do that for a few days and then add another half hour. You don't have to start with two hours if that's too big for you. The thing is, you want to be able to do it. So start with small steps. I mean, good for you for saying two hours. I am not going to touch that phone. That is huge. But if that feels too big for you, break it down. There's no shame in breaking it down. It's about taking the steps, not how big you take them. I agree. That's a good idea because I've been sticking to the two hours. It's just been torture. <laughs> like, but it was because, you know, like I do everything by myself for the show. So what made me add that to the list this year was my my son, my older son. He was like, mom, mom. And I, I like zoned out for a second. I didn't hear him saying mom. And but I heard him saying, put your phone down. And he like took a tone like he had. a Oh, he had an attitude. <laughs> And I like caught the tone. So I looked at him like, what's going on? What's wrong? And he's like, you don't hear me talking to you. He's like, can you put your phone down, please? I'm trying to show you something. And I was like, oh, okay. This is a problem. Mommy has a little problem with the phone. Like I, yeah. I'm i too involved in things sometimes. And that's a distraction. So I got to work on it. Absolutely. And and I talk a lot about mindfulness or being present and, and phones are definitely a distraction. And that's something I had to work on too. So I get you. I understand that fully. Uh, but I remember when I was driving with my middle, who probably would have been three or four at the time, and uh, she would be talking to me and I'd be going, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not really listening. And she's like, Mom, you have not listened to a word I've said. You need to repeat now what I said. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, I must have said that to her. <laughs> but if anybody can remind us that we're distracted, it's our kids, right? Mm-hmm. That can do that. And really, we don't get to do this again. We don't get to do these years again or these times when they're these ages, every age. And so the greatest gift we can give them is our time. Mm-hmm. It truly is. You know, just like I said with the pizza. Hey, remember that time that you left the dishes and you put the pizza in the oven and you sat in the middle of the living room and had pizza. Yes. They do. They, right? They remember the time where you put your phone down and you sat with them and you did whatever they wanted you to do. Those are the times they remember. Yeah. And I definitely want my kids to remember every time I play Red Dragon. <laughs> that's a thing in our house. We have, we have, my son's obsessed with dragons. He's like very into like fantasy everything. Nice. So he has a collection of dragons. They all, the dragons that we play with are red dragon, green dragon, and tangerine because tangerine <laughs> is orange, but could not be named orange dragon. So, oh, okay. Um, yes. <laughs> and that's a big deal. If he comes home from school or anything and he's like, mom, 
Can we play Red Dragon? If I don't make time to play Red Dragon, like he's devastated. Mm -hmm. And I have like been swamped with work or stuff like that. And I'd be like, I'll play later. And then the day got away and he's had conversations with me. Like you promised and you mm -hmm. didn't do it. And he's expressed his, <laughs> how unhappy he was about it. And it, it made me feel bad. Like, right. Okay. Right. Mommy's going to do better. I'm sorry. So I actually owe him a game of red dragon this afternoon. <laughs> But it's okay to say, you know, give mommy uh, an hour right now and come back and remind me because, you know, it's okay to say that come back and remind me if they know time, you know, in an hour and we'll play. I just need to get this done. It's okay to say that to your kids or it's okay. I'm sorry. Time ran away with me. Yes. Right? It's all that we don't need to be perfect. Yeah. In fact, that's not what we want to be. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> like, so <laughs> I I definitely um that's not that was that was one of the things on my don't do it list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so instead of um presenting well, I say I rather focus on actually being well. And I've talked about that a lot on my show. Like that was that's something that I still overcome work, you know, but I definitely love sharing that with the listeners so they'll know, like, you know, there's no perfection to be found here. And, and there's no perfection to be found anywhere. Yeah. Right. We are perfectly imperfect. Mm -hmm. And it's when we embrace that, that we truly can be everything that we're meant to be too. Right. But I love what you said about, it's about the being. It's not about the doing. It's not about, you know, what you're doing. It's about how you are being in this world. Yes. So now that brings me to your Rise Up Summit. Can you share that about that? <laughs> oh, yes. You know, I just had the Rise Up Summit and I'll have another one at the end of the year. So for me, uh, I... You know, wanted to, I've always been about bringing more light into the world, you know, helping people to rise up to be the best that they can be just by showing them all the ways that they can rise up, all the ways that they can heal. And, uh, and I went to bed one night thinking, you know, how can I do this in a, in a, in a way that is, you know, really makes a difference. And what I, and so I went to bed saying miracles and solutions. That's what I want. And, but I forgot to say, but I want to sleep through it and remember it in the morning. So I was up at 3 a.m. and the Rise Up was born. The Rise Up Summit was born. My vision with it was to create this space where you can just, you know, listen to all of the speakers who have, who are heart-centered, beautiful healers and coaches and see what resonates with you because everybody heals differently. Everyone heals differently at different times in their lives. And so sometimes we need to seek out different healing or different coaches or different healers. And so that was my whole idea. Along with that, I really wanted to raise the frequency and the vibration in the earth for a couple of days. So bringing all of these people together in one space, even on Zoom, can help to do that. And that's what we did. So it was an amazing 
amazing couple of days. I think there was 30 speakers and uh, we got to do four experiences. So people actually showed what it was like to, to, uh, to experience their type of healing. So I'll be doing another one in a few months. So, you know, watch out for that because it really is an amazing couple of days. When you um, do your next one, shoot me an email and I'll make sure I uh, put the information on the resource page too. That way, everyone who wants to participate will have the information to go directly there. Absolutely. That sounds wonderful. I love that. I I, I just, I, I always like want to make sure everybody has all the tools they need, <laughs> especially like it's it, nice too, because like, it's like you listen, you hear me speaking to get different guests. And you might be like, oh, that's what I need, or that's what I need. And then it's all right there in one little location for you to find exactly. Because I feel like the internet can be overwhelming. That's another oh, thing. Like It sure can. There's sure so can. much out there. Yeah. And when you're already overwhelmed, it feels hard to do those searches. And so you providing this gift of these podcasts and also to provide one space where they can find that, it is truly a gift, you know, for people to start taking those steps in the direction that they want to go. I wish I had that when I started. <laughs> and I think that's what made, like, when I get these ideas, I'm like, oh, yeah, that would have been great if that was there for me. Let me do that for somebody because... <laughs> like I was a crazy person <laughs> right because you just don't know you just don't know and like you got a new husband new kids and you're like trying to google search like why am I feeling this way and then you go to your doctor for a six and a half minute visit and you're like the room is still spinning when it's all said and done so it's it's nice to one be getting to a place in myself where I always say like I'm becoming I'm becoming who I know I was intended to be since creation mm -hmm. and it's nice that I can share what that looks like for me to encourage other people and to bring people like you here to help with this mission and to offer resources that can continue, you know, the movement into greatness. So like, I love, thank you for being here. <laughs> I just, it's I love it all. Entirely my pleasure. Thank you for having this podcast. It's really important to be bringing this in the world. And thank you for inviting me as a guest. You're so welcome. And I have to ask you the big show question. So this is my third time asking, but I love to ask this question, obviously. And I love how even like from the last time we spoke to this time, your answer answer could potentially change because yeah. you could be in a different space today. So what does selective hearing mean to you? Oh, yes, we did talk about this. You know, selective hearing for me, it's interesting as I look at my therapy background and all of that, you know, selective hearing really, I think, Sometimes we only hear those things of the things that we that fit in with what we believe. Um, and we kind of can sometimes ignore the rest. And the reason why I think this is important is because sometimes it's just our thoughts telling us. So sometimes we can feel we are unworthy or we can feel like we don't deserve things or we can feel like, you know, uh, we shouldn't have all that. And so that's all we hear. We gather evidence that supports that. And through shows like this, and you know, summits like I'm talking about, we're opening that for you to start to hear more that you are worthy, you are deserving. You can have a limitless life. There's evidence out there that tells you this. It's fact. 
And so open up, open up even just a little bit, just a little bit of possibility can be all you need to start that process. Oh my, that was beautiful. So please share how the listeners can um, contact you. Yes, absolutely. So you can just go to my website, which is riseofthephoenix.org. So you can find me there uh, or you can email me. Probably the easiest email is support at riseofthephoenix.org. So if you have a question or anything like that, absolutely reach out to me. And that information will also be listed in the show notes and um, on the resource page, everyone. Let me every I'm hammering this into you every single week selectivehearingshow.com resource page and you will see a beautiful picture of Leslie and there will be a button right there that just says Leslie's website and all you have to do is click it it'll take you straight to her and you can contact her you can ask her questions and also if you need any additional help or she'll point you in that direction so don't be afraid like she said just take that first step that's what we're here for to not only encourage you to take that first step but to be there to receive you when you take that step 100 percent. and if i am not the person for you i am always about finding the person that is for you so don't ever hesitate to reach out that's the way we work in this space Mm -hmm. and the book the mm-hmm. book yes. is that information on your website as well it is yes you okay. can it's on amazon so you can get it on amazon as well now am i am i allowed to give a free gift julie um yeah of course okay. <laughs> we're all about helping gonna everybody. Have, <laughs> julie's gonna have on her on the show notes and in the resource page i've got a free confidence hypnosis that um if you would like that um, the, the link will be there and you can, you can grab it and download it. And it's just a hypnosis, a short little hypnosis that you can listen to whenever you want to, that can help just to increase your confidence. There you have it, everyone. So I hope you enjoyed this episode just as much as I did, and I will be back next week. So until next time, this is Selective Hearing.